space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life, a new civilization, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to Retrek. I'm Captain Jim, and with me, of course, is Admiral Elliot. Avoid death and cower. <laughs> <laughs> and this week, as you may have guessed, we're talking about the latest episode of Lower Decks, which I don't know if my Klingon pronunciation's right, but Wizdush, uh, which yeah. means three ships. And then, which is odd, because there's actually five ships in it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's three ships... Brackets for most of the episode, end brackets, yeah. uh, and then we're going to go back to the the namesake, the original lower decks episode from TNG. But before that, we've got a fair bit of Trek news this week. Well, there's been all sorts, haven't there? Should we should we go backwards in chronological order? So, what about two and a half hours ago? Um, Captain Kirk went into space. Yeah. So, uh, congratulations, Bill. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, you know, people have differing opinions on Shatner and you're entitled to them, but there is something incredibly cool about the fact that Captain Kirk's just been to space. You know, yeah, that, that's just incredible, whoever you it are. It is, isn't it? So, yeah, absolutely brilliant. And I'm sure it'll be all over the news and everything. And by the time this podcast goes out, you've probably seen it. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely fantastic stuff. And yeah, so what, what else have we got then? Um, well, we had um, some news broke of some more Prodigy cast. Oh, yes. Um, Robert Beltram, Chakotay is going to be back. I heard it was going to be Captain Chakotay. Yeah, Captain Chakotay. Now... I've got a theory on this because everything we've been told is that the Prodigy is lost in the Delta Quadrant, but it's a Federation ship. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's going to be a regular cast member because if no, it's I only don't. just been announced, I think he's going to be a guest appearance, one episode, possibly two. And I feel really sorry for him here because I've got a sneaky suspicion that he's going to have been the captain of the Prodigy. Mm. And he's responsible for it being lost. Aww. And what's even worse is that he's made it as Captain Jacote and they've put a command hologram program, Janeway, <laughs> on his bridge as well to tell him what to do. Yeah, and he's I can imagine he's trying to get round the hologram like I'll make you a bath out of wood and yeah. you know, you can come and have a bath and I'll get you a pet monkey and everything, but it's just <laughs> not it's not working out for him. <laughs> You never know. It might turn out that he's the captain. and I mean, in the books, he does become the captain of Voyager yeah. as Janeway gets promoted. So <coughs> we've talked a little bit how they, they seem to be, as much as they can, they seem to be confirming the canon that's been established in the books. So like things like... Um, Trying to think of a, a good example now, like that, like the Titan, the design of the Titan, yeah. and so I, I like the idea that yeah, if you can adhere to what's gone down in the books, you might as well do, yeah. and if that means making Chakotay a captain, oh well, 
I guess we're stuck I with I don't it. mind him. I don't mind him being a captain. And no. I have got a nasty feeling, though, that he might be responsible for having lost the prodigy. Yeah, we'll it's, find uh, out. Because I think he might be sort of like maybe three or four episodes in. Uh, Holodeck Janeway telling the story to the kids of ah, how the prodigy got be. lost. Yeah, that could be a way of doing it, because they have said that we're going to get more Alpha Quadrant than we might think from the early... Yeah. Yeah, so, well, we'll find out. We'll have fun. We'll be covering yeah. all of it. And did we have anything else? Uh, yeah, there was um, the uh, second Discovery trailer dropped. Oh, yes. I forgot the controversy. Yeah, and blew... Well, it blew up uh, the internet, didn't it? Uh, people either for or against new Kling, uh, new Well, that was the thing. So I saw on Twitter that Klingons was trending, and I thought, have they done something else to the Klingons again? But yeah. the reason Klingon was trending was because everybody was saying that Ferengi looks like a cross <laughs> between a Ferengi and a Klingon. Well, Which, to be fair, it might be. We don't, <laughs> we don't well, know. Um, I read something today, and it's it's only half. Uh, Ferengi. Oh, there you go. Then that's so it might be but, half Ferengi, half Klingon. But there's a like there's a lot of it, and people are complaining about the ears and all that. And then uh, it, if you look on some of the internet, there's been pictures of um, Andrew Probert's original yeah. design for the Ferengi, and it looks more like that yeah, than does. what we ended up getting. And, and you know. The thing that's annoyed me about this all all week is all the haters going, oh, they've changed the Ferengi and up in arms and showing pictures of Quark from DS9. Well, if you look at five years earlier when Quark, when Armin Shimmerman played yeah. the Ferengi in the last outpost, it looks <laughs> it's a different design again. So, yeah, of why wasn't they all, why aren't they making a big outcry about that? It's just that they like to complain, don't they? I mean, the the thing is as well, one, it's nine hundred years on. So, it, if we yeah. looked at some a human from nine hundred years ago, they wouldn't look like we do now. It's just yeah. species change. Also. Okay, that one's ears are pointier than we've seen before. But you know what? Like, using a Trek actor, and I'm not slagging him off, I think he's a really good actor, James Frain, who plays Sarek, if you look at him when he's not in Sarek makeup, he's still got pretty pointy ears. So the point is, people's ears are different. Yeah. You know, for any English it, viewers, Dez off Brookside. Like... It's like, if you look at that, between TNG and DS9 was five years, mm -hmm. and makeup skills improved and prosthetic yeah. work improved, it's now 29 years later since that in DS9. Yeah. Of course, prosthetics and makeup work's improved and they can do more. Yeah, this is the thing, and it's it's, it's one it's one Ferengi as well that we've seen in a trailer. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean that we've had a drastic redesign. I mean, you know, if... We get to season four of Discovery and they've completely redesigned the Ferengi and they look awful. We will say that. We're not here to defend everything they do. But calm down. You know, yeah. let, let's enjoy the trailer. It looks like it's going to be an interesting... You've seen a couple of seconds of one character. Yeah. And it's not even... Com and 
like reports are coming out that it's not even a pull through Rengi, it's only half Rengi. Yeah. <laughs> so let's wait and see. Let's see what happens. And aside from the Ferengi controversy, it looks like an interesting hook for the season. It looks like Yeah, it does. It looks like we're going all sciency with it, which is a yeah, really interesting um, idea. It it almost looks like there could be encountering Vija. That would be yes, that would be very very interesting, and you could do some interesting stuff with Michael Vex if it was Vija. Spock mind melded with Vija, so. Vija might still have some of Spock's memories or some of his personality. Exactly. So there could be some really interesting stuff there. But regardless of what it is, we'll we will obviously be covering Discovery when we get there as well. We've got a lot uh, of trek coming not long, up. Uh, November the eighteenth. Yeah, not long at all. On CBS. Uh, so that'll be November the nineteenth on Netflix. Yep. So we'll look forward to that one. We got Prodigy and. Discovery coming in the next few weeks, but before we get there, we've got a couple more lower decks. So this is the penultimate episode. Uh, no teaser again. We just went straight into the credits. Yeah. But, but then we come out of the credits and we get a title in Klingon, which I thought was great. Yeah, I, I like. I don't know if you know. Well, I know you know it, but if other people noticed, I did incorporate that into my. Uh, yeah. Thumbnail for this week instead of so it it is wedge dude in yep. Klingon in Klingon which it says uh, they've given us the translation as three ships and the the main conceit of the episode then is that we're not just looking at our lower decks crew that we're used to we're giving the lower decks treatment to other ships and we're taking yeah. Probably the two best-known aliens in Star Trek. Like, let's look at the Klingons and let's look at the Vulcans and let's see how the a similar concept works with them, which I think is a yeah. really interesting idea. Like, like to be fair with um, the Klingons, we have seen so we have seen Klingon lower decks. We in have, DS9, yeah. But I don't think we've ever seen um, crew on board a Vulcan ship. No, operating. not. Uh, main crew all lower decks so that I thought that was really good and really well done out it was and it, it was really well observed really true to the character of the yeah. Vulcans how they portrayed them and yeah like I love the idea that you had this the, the main Vulcan character I forget her name but her um, thing was to large or something, something like, that. like that yeah and she's improved the sensors but they're not happy that she's improved the senses because that wasn't what she was supposed to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> and you get that guy who just says, she's lost all control. <laughs> <laughs> and then you contrast to that is you've got the Klingons who one of them's filing his teeth and he's basically talking about, well, I think that um, there's going to be an assassination attempt on the captain, so I, I want to be positioned well to get a promotion when it happens. <laughs> and we know that that sort of thing goes on on a Klingon ship, but it is interesting to put that lower deck spin on it and to see, you know, we've seen it on our Federation ship like the other week with well, the red shirts well, all planning sort of, the promotion. It was sort of mentioned in DS9, wasn't it, like, 
everyone moves up through assassination is like a normal way of promotion yeah. on a Klingon ship. So instead of having like your Boimler and his red shirt friends, you know, saying, oh, we'll try and do this to impress the captain, you've got these Klingons going, oh, well, somebody's going to get killed, so I need to make sure that I can yeah. go up. So I thought that was really good, a good um, sort of uh, contrast between the Klingons and the, the Vulcans. And when the Klingon captain and the first officer actually go at it, we get the purple blood, which I think this is the first time since Star Trek VI that we're actually getting purple Klingon blood instead of red. Uh I don't think we really saw ever saw them bleeding, did we, in TNG and DS9? It's, like, I think there's a couple of episodes where Worf bleeds, definitely. Yeah. Um, but not, not, and there's also, there's a few in DS9, like, where they, they cut the hands to prove they're not changelings. Yeah. Um, and we know, like, from Star Trek VI, they did purple blood, because apparently it was easier to do the special effects. Yeah, it in was zero G And also, so they could have that bit at the end where he goes, "It's not. This isn't Klingon blood because it's red." And obviously, if Klingon blood were red, you couldn't do that. So, it's nice that we get a, a callback to that. And they do, they do make a little bit of a joke about it, where somebody later on says the Klingon blood runs as reddish pink as ever. <laughs> yeah. So at least we're we're calling it out and. This is the thing, you can tie yourself up in knots trying to make excuses for continuity errors, but at the end of the day, we all know this is a continuity error with Klingon blood. And Yeah, it was, do- it was done for CGI. Yeah. And, like, to be fair, when Star Trek VI was made, it was way before we all had oh, yeah. the internet. So they could never have envisioned how much these shows and films would be taken apart and everyone talking about it. No, exactly. Forums all over. And And it was probably just one of them where, yeah, we know from Star Trek VI they're meant to have purple blood, but on a TV show budget, if we need to show Worf bleeding... It's it's cheaper. It's just going to be normal just, fake blood. Yeah, exactly, because we can get that instead of having to make it, you know. <laughs> so, anyway, but I like how Lower Decks does just tease at these things, but it always does it in a, a light-hearted way. Yeah. And this, this ties into what we're saying about the Ferengi. It's like, okay, if they change the design a little bit, just let it go. It's it's something you can laugh about, and that's exactly what Lower Decks is doing. Um, what else happens in this one then? So yeah, the the Klingon the cap Klingon captain kills the first officer. I like that we've got this thing of Boimler trying to get a bridge buddy all the way through the episode, and he's yeah, he's really upset that um, he's not hanging out with any of the bridge crew, and all his all his mates are. Yeah, and you get a bit, so he tries to bond with um, the Tamarian, Keishon, and this is exactly what we were saying about how you should be using him. This is brilliant. Boimler tries to do one of the metaphors and ends up calling him fat, and he goes off in a huff. That's brilliant. That's that's how we want this sort of thing to be done. It doesn't always need to be a Darmok thing. You can have little gags like this, which is brilliant. And... He messes it up with Shaxx because he mentions Bejar. Yeah, 
fighting in the resistance and he goes off on one. <laughs> yeah, then he comes out with a classic line where fighting fascism is a full-time job. <laughs> so he didn't have any time for learning pottery when he was on Beja. <laughs> and then probably the best one then, the when he goes to see Tendi on the holodeck and it's... Star Trek V, the free climbing. It's just the start of Star Trek V, isn't it? Yeah. Is <laughs> That's it, all it is. He's even got Kirk's shirt on, the same <laughs> shirt that Kirk's wearing. What I like about it, though, uh, apart from, you know, obviously, yeah, let's have fun with Star Trek V because we might as well. It's, it's better than taking it seriously. Um, But... The, they could have had any character doing this. It could have been Shaxx climbing a mountain. It could have been Kayshawn. But no, it's Dr. Tana. And it's like, well, she says how much she likes climbing up surfaces. Like, of course she does, because she's a cat. That's she's what cat. they enjoy doing. <laughs> so that's just brilliantly observed. I really like it. Did you... I don't know if you've checked this. I haven't yet, because I'm absolutely convinced... One of the Klingons is Martok, is, or it's J.G. Hertzler's voice. There's a Klingon... Um, I never noticed it as J.G. There's Hertzler. a Klingon who's got a scar over his eye, so it visually it's reminiscent of Martok, and yeah, the voice... Yeah, I, I must admit, I thought it was reminiscent, but I didn't look it up. Um, no, I, I'm... I'll see if we can bring it up. I'm pretty convinced it is, so I didn't bother checking it. Um, but if not, it's someone who sounds a hell of a lot like J.G. Hertzler. Um, then the other sort of pairing that we've got then is Mariner and Freeman now. So we started this season, they were doing a lot of mother-daughter bonding and everything, and then they decided it didn't really work. But now we're actually seeing them hanging out in the their own downtime, which I think's... Well... Well, she does get ordered to it, doesn't she? True. <laughs> Mariner's not happy about it. Like, like she gets, it comes over the tannoy, doesn't it? And inside Mariner reports at captain's quarters for, uh, what's she call it? Quality time. Yeah, quality time or mum and daughter <laughs> time or something. And what they're talking no, about... JG Hertz. It's in JG here. Is it not? not wow, right, okay. It's someone who sounds, to my ear anyway, sounds absolutely yeah. like him. I'll have to check who it is. Um, I'm, I'm assuming this is a Star Trek first, that in this scene with Mariner and Freeman, we get a reference to Mariner and her period and the fact that she gets really bad cramps. And then we get a reference to Freeman and her hot flushes because she's going through the menopause. And yeah, I'm like... Also, also, it sounded like... Um, Mariner was saying that uh, um, Captain Freeman had said it on the old ship. Oh, right. Okay. I, I, I thought she said that... I thought that's what part of the argument oh, was. Oh, was that, it? So it wasn't that's happened that, on this ship. That, no, that she said it on her old ship and that's why she's rebelled. Right. It could be. So it could be a little bit more of Mariner's backstory, but I think yeah. I think just the fact that we're talking about it's still talking about periods and um menopause and things like that. Weirdly in the twenty first century it's still a really taboo thing to yeah. be talking about on TV. And doing it in Star Trek, in a comedy Star Trek, is 
in in its own way, it's quietly quite progressive. Just dropping in something like this. Yeah, I've like lower decks is the perfect format for doing this. Where yeah. you can come out with these things. Exactly, and there's no reason why not why you shouldn't address this. But it's just yeah. always been one of those things that they don't like doing on TV, and. It'll be a good trivia question in the future. Which which is the first Star Trek episode to mention a character having the period? And <laughs> it'll be and you've got to spell it right. You've got to write it in the Klingon to get your points in the pub quiz. <laughs> um, then there's Boimler's thing with Ransom, and they're all other. Well, we we think initially they're all from Hawaii. Well, they are pretending that they're from Hawaii. Yeah. And it's one of them where everybody's pretending because they think everybody else is, but it turns out none of them are. Even Ransom, who yeah. was only pretending to be from away because he did it on an old ship. Yeah, he, he did it on his old ship to impl- impress his commander. Yeah, <laughs> and the thing is, we've all worked with people like this. You do get people who yeah. do this, who find out what the what the bosses are into and they, they try and talk to them about it to cozy the way in and everything. And, yeah, it's just very, very true to life. And then I love how it flips and they all admit to Boimler that they're lying about it, and but then they find out that they're all from Moons and they shun Boimler again. So even though, <laughs> yeah. even though he's got them... To admit that they're being silly, as soon as they find something else, it still doesn't work out for him, which is... Yeah, they really have got something that they all have in common. Yeah, but poor old Boimler. And then we finally get the reveal of who is behind the pack leads, and it turns out it's this Klingon captain. Yeah, it's not the Klingon nation, he's acting... No. On his own. Yeah, he's a bit of a renegade, but we, we said that there'd be somebody behind it, and I don't think we guessed at the Klingons, so that's that's no. quite an interesting development. And I love that, I mean, the Pac-Led stuff's been great all season, but oh. the idea that the he gave them a bomb and they didn't <laughs> realise it was only one use, and so they yeah. need another one. <laughs> we need another boomer. Why? What have we done with it? We tested it on the asteroid, but and then it wouldn't work after. <laughs> yeah, great. And the red alarm as well instead of red <laughs> yeah. alert. And I think the Packled <laughs> ship was uh, called uh, Packled. Welcome, welcome to um, our ship, Packled ship. Yeah. <laughs> and when um, when the battle's about to start, you get the alarm going off, and everybody on the Cerritos is running back to the bridge. And I'm sure there's someone run pa- runs past dressed as Robin Hood, which must yeah, be must there's, be a reference to Cupid. It is. There's Robin Hood. Mm. There's another one who's got the dressing gown on like Deirdre as for Sherlock Holmes. All right. Uh, there's uh, two women who are wearing the uh, leotard things that Beverly and Troy wore that time in front of the mirror. Right. <laughs> uh, what else is there? There's a few of them. Yeah. It, it's... Uh, it's a right Easter egg, Easter egg, Easter egg, yeah, Easter egg moment of people running out of holodecks and they're doing yeah, all you, the different things that we've seen in the past. You need to pause to catch them all, I think. 
Um, I love the Freeman's got a Retos shirt, which is obviously a play on the Disco shirts. Disco. But <laughs> I think Disco works better than Retos, but yeah, it does. But I think it, it I think that's the joke. Is that Disco's one of the only ones that you, Discovery to Disco is one of the only ones you can shorten because everything else just seems silly. So I suppose you could wear one prize. Prize, yeah. Or enter, which would be a bit weird. Uh, tit for Titan. <laughs> yeah, Riker with a shirt saying tit on it would be good, yeah. But more on that in the next episode with how Riker carries on. And then, like you said, we we get another lower deck, which is the pack-led lower deck. Oh, this is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? I'm hungry. You should eat something. You're very smart. <laughs> yeah. So that's great. Like, I think they don't overplay this. The majority of the episode is the three different ships, but then we drop this one in, and obviously right at the end we get we get the sort of stinger to the episode. But <coughs> you get the, the Vulcans turn up to save the day, and this is very much like... Uh, the end of season two of Discovery, where the Klingon cleaver ship turns up and gets in between them. Yeah. Uh, and also any number of other episodes, like there's... And, um, and, it's got, and it gets the music playing from uh, Star Trek 2. Yeah. Khan is playing all the way through this. Yeah. And uh, I do like the little subplot with the guy who's bonded with the Targ. Because the the Klingon captain made him look after the tag and then it comes to help him in the fight instead yeah. of the captain. So that you know, it's, you don't need to do something like that in a comedy episode to have this little arc in there, but they but, have done. But it was said the Fed they've put it in there yeah. to pay it off like it. Worst one, I think, recently is Star Wars, where someone has to say something all the time to explain what's happening. Yes, yeah. Where here, they've put the, the bit in where he's looking after the tag, and it's paid off at the end. Yeah, exactly, and you don't and, have to have Why it. is the captain's tag uh, attacking him and yeah. protecting this guy? We've seen it. Yeah, you don't have <laughs> to have... Nothing said about it. It's not explained. It's just there on yeah, the screen. You don't have to have him say... Oh, good boy! You're grateful I looked after you earlier on, or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, now, when he kills the Klingon captain, the way it's animated is he stabs the knife through him, and instead of seeing the knife come out of his back, you see it pushing his cape up. So the yeah. knife is still covered by his cape. Now, I'm not a hundred percent certain, but. I feel like this is a reference to, um, and spoilers for comic books, when Bullseye kills Elektra with her own dagger, <clears throat> they had to draw it like that because the comic censors at the time said you can't show the blade sticking out of her. So right. to, Im to imply that the blade's sticking out of her without actually showing it, he drew it as whatever she was wearing being pushed up by the blade right. and it looks almost exactly like this and i, I oh, feel uh, but it does go the pinky uh, purple. it does color. yeah but I, I feel like it's just something so specific that it must be a reference to it right so I, i'm guessing that 
the animator or the director of the episode must have been a fan of... Um, I think it was Frank Miller's run on Daredevil. It's oh, one of well, the most famous. Well, there you go, then. If it's Frank Miller's work, it's no wonder someone's a fan of it. Yeah, it's it's a very famous um, <laughs> yeah. run on the comics, and obviously Frank Miller's a, a huge name in animation. So, yeah, an artist being a fan of Frank Miller's work is not a, a huge revelation, but... No. But I do feel like that's deliberate. Uh, the Vulcans, very in character, don't want to stick around for a chat. Which well, <laughs> well, before this, we have like the main character in it from the Vulcans, the female. She's there. Uh, uh, now's a good time to try my project. I've been working on yeah. an advanced shield. Oh, it shouldn't be tested now. No, this is the logical time to yes. try it. It's good how. <laughs> They're always playing games with each other to uh, who can justify what with the logic. Yeah, you know, I, I need to. I need to... So they plug, they plug it in, and then then whoever's on the shield duty, the common goes. Shields are now at one hundred and twenty percent. Very improbable. Yes. <laughs> and then obviously Freeman's really, really energized after this and wants to talk to the Vulcans but they're just like well it's dealt with so we don't need to talk anymore and that's all you get from them (laughs) and there's a nice cap to the episode where you get um, Ransom's told a cadet to go and speak to Boimler so that's nice that we're getting hints of this we also also get the part where um, she's getting told off on the Vulcan ship oh yeah I forgot about that because um, she's too, oh, how would you say, too emotional almost, yeah. and because she's done a, a project on her own, yeah, <laughs> and she gets told off, and he's told her that she's getting transferred to a federation ship. Mm, yeah, I wonder and if I wonder if she, I wonder if uh, we might get her as a character. In yeah, whether we're going to see her as a, a regular or. Well, yeah, because we generally have a Vulcan. Yeah, and that'd that'd fit in quite well. The dynamic would go quite well, yeah. I think, with the characters we've got established. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, yeah, like we're coming up on season three, so we're probably looking at one or two of our lower decks crew maybe getting promoted. Maybe one yeah. who's already been promoted, but that one's up on the Titan. We've yeah, transporter accident. Still an ensign. he got. He got demoted when he got cloned, one of them. Yeah, <laughs> bit of a shame. But So there's that where one of them might get promoted, so you might have this new ensign fitting into the dynamic. Yeah, that would and be just seeing one of them occasionally. And if we just see one occasionally, it wouldn't surprise me if it was Tandy. Mm, maybe. Because I, I think they use her l- l- less than any of the others. Yeah, I think that's fair, but I feel like... I feel like we there's more to be done with Tandy and uh, her Orion heritage life. I don't feel like we're finished with that yet. No. Uh, there's got to be some more to that. Um, but, yeah, the, the cadet speaking to Boimler then shows that Boimler is impressing Ransom to, yeah. to some degree. We had a bit of it in the earlier episode when it was all about who's going to be the acting captain and... But what he wanted Boimler to do was actually useful, and then here he's sending someone to speak to him. So we are getting these hints. Maybe 
Yeah. Maybe this Boimler will get promoted as well at some point. I hope he does. He yeah. deserves to. He does. He deserves to end the other clone Boimler's off. Exactly. I mean, he was robbed of that, really. I mean, it's not yeah. his fault he got transporter cloned, but there you go. And then we finish with, over the credits, the Borg lower decks, which <laughs> <clears throat> this reminded me of... Um, Twin Peaks, The Return. There's a scene in Twin Peaks, The Return, where it's just somebody sweeping the floor and it goes on for about six minutes all through the end credits. You know, it's, <laughs> There's only David Lynch should do something like that. Yeah. But, but it's this exact thing where you, you're being forced to focus on a screen where absolutely nothing's happening, but your eyes are constantly darting across the screen so you're thinking maybe something you, is going to happen. You're waiting for something... You, Waiting for something to happen yeah. with it. And so you look you're looking like, at one of the bog and then another and but it did make it did make perfect sense that the bog lower decks are in the regeneration things and they don't communicate and no. carry on with each other exactly. until they're until they're needed for something, that's where they stay. Yeah, and also the bog pretty much the lower decks is also the upper decks. It's all there's the yeah. queen and then there's everybody else, you know. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, good. A very good gag. Uh, so this one, there weren't that many specific call-outs, but we thought... There were, well, there was quite a lot to the movies, wasn't there? Yeah, there was which we've Star done. Six, Star Trek Five, and Like, we covered the movies literally when we first started. Yeah, it was our very first episodes. Um, so if you've not listened to them, if you go right back to the start of the podcast feed, yeah. um, there's... Yeah, we might have to we might have to go back and re re yeah, the movies. It's and been a couple like. of years. We've probably got other things to say now about them, but yeah, yeah, I we'll see. It's, been, it's probably been, in fact, it's been three years at least. Yeah, so yeah, we may have something else to say at some point about them. But structurally, this episode reminded us mostly of the original Lower Decks episode from season seven yeah. of TNG. Um, hey. Well, it was. It was all about look. It was yeah. about three lower decks crews, and it showed us two of us. So it makes absolute sense to look at lower yeah. decks from TNG, which is which is a, a really good episode, and it's one that it's got a lightness of touch to the vast majority of it, but then it's got a hell of a sting at the end of it, and yeah, it's yeah, it's a really interesting episode, and it's one that was quite ambitious at the time because you just didn't do this in episodic TV. It was so rare that you would do an episode that breaks the formula. Like, now we're used to it. Like, we have the Doctor Who episodes where the Doctor's hardly in it. And yeah, you know, Supernatural did an episode that's filmed entirely from inside the car. And, you know, we've done things like yeah. Buffy did a musical episode and so on and so, you know... Breaking yeah, the format but, is what you expect now, but... Yeah, but, like, back in, what, this would be 94, because it's mid-season seven, yeah. mid to late season seven. Yeah, you, it was like, to do an episode where your main cast are in it, but they're background characters. <coughs> yeah. You've literally swapped, and... you've brought you, your background characters that might get a little cameo of one line, are all at the front, and... Yeah, which... Yeah, you know, is just 
wasn't done at the time, but it's a great idea. I mean, it's it the concept of doing it dates back. You know, there's a there's a play called um, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, and it's basically two minor characters from Hamlet, and it it retells the story of Hamlet, but from their point of view. So. It's right. got one or two scenes from Hamlet in it, but then it's just what they're doing for the rest of it while all the important stuff's going on. Yes. So that you know, the concept of doing this is um, is not new, but doing it on a, a syndicated episodic TV show was quite ambitious, and I think that's why we don't get this until season seven because it's like, well, it's our last season, we can do what we want, let's see if we can push the envelope a little bit. Yeah. And I think they do, and I think it's really, really successful. I think this is a really good episode. Yeah, and I think what's clever about it is they don't just take complete unknown characters, I mean, some of them are, like Lavelle and the Vulcan guy, but we've got Nurse Gower, who, if you were a fan of TNG... She's never been a major character, but she's been there in the background a lot. Yeah. And she's familiar, you know what she looks like. But to then take her out of that instead of being Beverly's assistant and saying, look, she's got her own life and she's got her own friends and putting it and then bringing in Sita from the first duty as well. So, yeah, that was... Yeah, it's just a brilliant idea. And... And it pays off with the the scenes with Picard later on. You know, we we get an emotional hook to it there. And I think another really good idea, and they've not done this in, in Lower Decks the show, is having this idea of let's have a civilian character who's friends with them. Yeah. So you've got the bartender and... It positions him in this unique place that because he's a civilian, they're obviously his close friends, but he can also socialise with the main characters and they yeah, don't think anything yeah. of it because there's no no rank structure in place. So I think that's a really interesting it's, idea. It's a clever, it's a clever uh, twist, in it? It's like how he calls Riker... I will. Uh, yeah, and the that. rest of them are like, oh, you, you can't call Riker Will. You can't and... do that. Yes, I can. I'm a civilian. Yeah, <laughs> and the fact that later on he links the two poker games, so you've got these two separate poker games going on, but because of his position, he can go from one of them to the other one and nobody yeah. thinks anything of it. He's welcome at both of them. And his friends must just think, if he told them that oh, after I cleaned you guys out, I went off and had a game with the <laughs> the senior staff, they'd be shocked at what he's doing. But it it works, and it's a really interesting... He's a good conduit for linking the characters, but also showing the sort of the, the separation between them. Um, there's... There's a bit where they have a briefing, so they go, you're on the bridge, and they say, right, senior officers to the briefing room, and usually we would follow them to that briefing, and we'd see what's going on, but instead we stay with the lower decks. Yeah, we stay on the bridge. And and you've got them saying, oh, I wonder what this is about, and, you know, what's going yeah. on here, and that's yeah. great, because that, that is what it'd be like. And they, yeah, oh, we're, we're lower decks, we don't... We don't need to know everything. We just follow orders. Mm. 
And they expand out on that, don't they? Like, later on, you've got the bit where Lavelle's talking to... I keep forgetting the Vulcan guy's name, but the Vulcan Enagawa, when Sito goes missing. And he's the only one that doesn't know something about it. Like, none of them have got the full picture. But because of what they do, they know bits, but they don't know the full thing. It's like... Like, they have where... Um, we're scanning in the skate pods, and there's Lavelle on. It's uh, on the com. Yeah. And they tell him uh, lock on, and he goes, uh, "Oh, scanning for it." And it helped if I knew what I was scanning for. No, just scan for life signs. It doesn't matter what species. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is, and it is a perspective we've never seen because. We've always been there with the senior crew, like we said, at the briefing and at all the scenes where they talk through it and where they decide what to do. So we're always a step ahead, whereas this... Here we're in step with the lower decks (coughs) as it goes along. Like, we we have a better picture because we're seeing all the little bits. Yeah, yeah, we get to see the pieces. But but even then, it... What it does is it takes what is a fairly straightforward storyline, but because of the way it's presented, it makes it into a mystery rather than just a straightforward mission of the week. It's making us think, right, who's this person they're beaming on board and why are they doing this to the shuttle and what do they need CETA for and everything. So, yeah, it's a really... Not only is the concept of sticking with the lower decks cool, like we could have just done that and just had them getting on with day-to-day things, but we've also got this other plot going on. That, yeah, we've got this mission. And and the mission becomes so much more interesting because of the way we're presenting that mission. Yeah, like you get um, Nurse Nurse Agawa. Yeah. It's called to sick babe and this is where we find out it's Sir Cardassian that yes. has been debarred. But then you've got Ensign Sato is outside sick bay and she has no idea what's going on there. All she's being told is that only senior officers are allowed in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, Which I think... <laughs> and it's the idea, if they, all, if they all put their heads together and told each other what they knew they'd be able to work out what's going on, but they can't because of the But they've all been told structure. not to tell anybody. Exactly. They're all, they're all following orders. Yeah. Like, there's a, a crew evaluation that's going on as well in the background. Yeah. Of all this. But it's interesting that they all know and they're being ordered not to tell anybody. Yeah. And they're not even telling the best friends. Yeah, they are which, following orders. Which is exactly what you'd have to do. But yeah, but yeah and it, it does add to this sort of mystery element to the episode. Talking about the um, crew evaluations, though, I don't think it's very professional Riker and Troy just sitting in 10 forward going, oh, I can't believe we've got to do the crew evaluations. Who do you think um, could be good for this fair, job? To be fair, um, I can I can relate to that because I've been in that situation where you've got to do yeah. performance reviews and they are a pain doing them. I know they are, but... Something. And, if they're, and if they're having to do this every three months, 
and probably oh, it, it's a load of extra work on top of their normal duties. Oh yeah, yeah. This is this is work on top of their normal duties, so they're probably thinking <coughs> they probably added another God knows how many hours of work, and the like the intent forward still working in their off time. Oh no, but the thing is. Some of the people they're talking about could be sat there, is what I'm well, thinking. Well, the people that they're talking about are sat a few tables away. Exactly, is, so I think it's And that's a little where it's bit... unprofessional, that yeah. people are in the room. Like, I don't mind the idea of them having a bitch about it. It's like you say, yeah, it's um, it probably is a yeah, really I, boring I, job. I agree with you, it's unprofessional them talking about it while the people yeah. you're evaluating are sat a couple of tables away. yeah. And there's a there's another thing sort of running through it. This idea of almost like Chinese whispers, where people are hearing stories and it's everybody's getting it wrong. Like you've got this thing where Lavelle tries to bond with Riker because he thinks he's from Canada, but he's not, and yeah. it ends up with this sort of quite embarrassing scene for him where he's like, "Oh, you know, and I've got Canadian family," and Riker's like, "Oh, good, you know." So you don't know what yeah. he's talking about. And the other one is where you've got the the bartender guy who says, oh, I, I heard Ambassador Spock was on the shuttle. And I can imagine that being the sort of thing that people yeah, would, the, would gossip about. Yeah, like, like, we normally see it from the like main crew's point of view, mm. all our stories. So we know exactly what's going on. But that's only like a dozen members of this thousand. Exactly, people yeah. And you can and, imagine And you're seeing here that people look the people who like some ensigns and whatever will find out, but only what they need to know. They don't know everything. Yeah. So you will have Chinese whispers. You will. And the idea of oh it must be Spock. Like you would make up stuff like that, like, oh, who yeah. have you heard's in there? And why not? I mean, we've already met Spock in TNG. Scotty turned up a couple of, uh, about a year yeah. ago. So, yeah, why not Ambassador Spock? You can imagine that that passing around. And it ties into kind of going back to Lower Decks, the show, Mariner, where she was spreading these rumours and things like that. You can You can see, looking at this episode, what threads they've picked up on and said, OK... Let's expand on that. Let let's let's take that to the next level and let's see what we can find that's funny about this idea. And you can see where a, a lot of the DNA of the show does come oh. from this episode. Oh, easy. It's not just the name. Um, there's really really good scenes with Picard and Cito, and again, this it presents Picard in a way. We, we're not used to seeing, because we know Picard's not a dickhead, but when she goes to see him, he the comes across time. that way. Yeah. Yeah, and, <clears throat> and he chews her up. Yeah. And obviously we find out later he's doing it for a reason. Well, well, we have, like, yeah, like we have uh, Worf before that. He sort of does this martial art thing where she's blindfolded and he just mm. keeps punching her and... Till she's had enough and goes, this isn't fair. <laughs> it's sort of, oh, perhaps next time something isn't fair, that's done to you. You'll yeah. realise before you're covered in bruises. And that's, yeah, that's Worf. See, that's Worf 
Because he knows Picard and he must be able to work out, I know what Picard's yeah, doing here, but, but she needs to stand Wolf, up for herself. Wolf's also put her forward for the promotion. Mm. Wolf's really impressed with her. Yeah. As a, as a junior officer. Yeah. So it's... Wolf's kind of giving her a bit of an olive branch yeah, there. He's like, like this think, is what I you need Wolf to is do. brilliant in this. He like, is, yeah. It teaches her a lesson. But he doesn't just say it, he actually teaches her a lesson, which is very war. Yeah. And, and it then come... you have the other side of it with Riker, and I think Riker comes across as being a right dick in this episode. Yeah, he does. And I think and I think he stays being a dick in this episode because he has to be pulled up by Troy what he's doing wrong. Like Lavelle's trying to sort of get close to him, sort of with the Canadian thing. And then there's like if poker and Troy goes and Riker's sort of like slagging Lavelle off a bit with it. And Troy points out to him, didn't you start playing poker to get close to the first officers on the when you yeah, said on exactly. the pension, when you were an ensign? Uh, well, I like poker. Yes, but maybe that's how it came across there to them with you. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I've said this before on the podcast, and this is the episode that proves it is... We know Riker and we like Riker, but if Riker was your boss, you would think he was a right knobhead. Like, yeah. it, it's just the way he can... <coughs> There's idiosyncrasies about Riker that we like because we know him. But if you were someone from the outside looking in, you'd just think, this guy is absolutely up his own ass. And yeah. So I totally get why he's perceived that way. And it is good that Troy puts him in his place. Yeah, Troy pulls him up and rightly so. Yeah. And um, ultimately then, like you say, she passes Worf's test by calling him on it. And then when she goes to stand up to Picard, that's when he realises, right, you are right for this mission. I needed to know I had somebody who would... Yeah. Stand up for themselves. I like how he also says to her that, um, because she asks, Why did you even bring allow me on board the Enterprise if you're not going to give me a chance? And he goes, Actually, the reason you're on the Enterprise is uh, so you do get a fair chance. That's it. Probably wouldn't on any other ship. And that's the Picard that we know. Yeah. We know this is (laughs) how he behaves with people, but he's putting on that act to get what he needs out of her. Yeah. And from her point of view, you could totally believe it because she's like, right, I was involved in this thing at the academy. Picard, and Picard basically. Was there. Yeah, he was there. He was pretty much the prosecutor, really, in the case. Yeah. So, absolutely, you could. She's probably terrified of Picard because he could have ended a career back at the academy. And well, when, nearly did. Exactly. <laughs> And then when she goes to the Enterprise, she must just be thinking, you know, I I need to get on the right side of him or I need to keep my head down. Yeah, I need to really prove myself. I need to be the best I can. And so she gets called into his office and (coughs) Picard is an intimidating guy. I mean, particularly if you're a Starfleet officer and you've heard the stories of what this guy's done, he's the captain of the, the... the flagship. the flagship, and if you don't know him, he comes across as a little <laughs> bit gruff, a little bit hard to relate to. So yeah, yeah. she'd be absolutely terrified. And Worf does teach her a good lesson, and she does stand up to him. 
And yeah, like you say, you get that nice payoff to it, which is I requested you on here. So you did get a fair chance, which yeah. is that's exactly what we'd expect from Picard. Yeah, exactly. Um, then it ends a little bit quickly, and I think probably this is intentional because we don't see what happens to Sito. It's all it's all off camera, basically. We do get a little scene with her on the shuttle. But yeah, then, yeah. then that's it. It's we see everything through how her friends are dealing with it and how well, the ship all deals we get with is it. that um, they don't know where she is. They don't know what's gone on. All all they know is that yeah. the Cardassian was involved. Um, the engineer guy had damaged the shuttle. Yeah, yeah. That's good, because he uses his Vulcan smarts where he says to Johnny, are you yeah. sure you want me to stand here, or would it be better over uh, there? Would you prefer me over there? Uh, yeah, over there. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that fits the pattern. <laughs> yeah, very good. And it's, uh, do you want me to modulate the phaser so that you can't see the things? No, it's fine how it is. And <laughs> yeah, really good. It's you, It's not easy to put one past a Vulcan, so... no. No, like, even as a junior officer, like, we know the Vulcans are long-lived, and as a junior officer, he's actually probably about 60 years old. Yeah, he could well be, absolutely. <laughs> and that's it. it. It's the logic of it, isn't it? Right, you, you're shooting a phaser at a shuttle, but I could make it so it doesn't show up. So it's not logical to do it so it does show damage. Therefore, logically, you must want it to look damaged. Well, yeah. <laughs> and then you build it from there, and it's, right, what matches this sort of fire pattern? It must be that. And it's told me to do it there, there, and there. So that looks like, yeah, it, maybe pick the wrong guy for this job, Jordy, if you didn't want him to twink to what you were doing. And yeah, well, I think they, that I think that goes into the thing, though, doesn't it? That be up for promotion. And yeah, all that. that's I why George picked him. Yeah, it's we've Wait, got to give did them. Did Lavelle get the promotion in the end? Yes, he does because he takes the pick yeah. to the the table. And yeah, I think it's a case of let's give him a little bit of responsibility and bring him in a little bit into the sneaky stuff that we're doing and. See how they cope with it. See if they keep their mouths shut about it. Yeah, it's probably another thing because if he'd have, <coughs> if he'd have gone off and all of a sudden the whole ship's gossiping about how Jordy was shooting a shuttle, it's right. Yeah. Okay, he's or, not the or guy. If, um, or if it came up uh, <coughs> all over the ship, or we've had a Kardashian in sick bay. Yeah, exactly. So it's yeah. Like Lavelle think... didn't know anything, so like everyone would probably know that the closer the Kardashian involved, yeah. that's not. They can't, you can't hide that. No, and that's exactly. all Lavelle actually knows. Is that yeah? Lavelle's the most out of the loop of all of them, and it's it. It's not a a knock on him. It's just that his department doesn't have any involvement in this, really. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. He he didn't need to know. No. Any more details to to do his job? Yeah. It's you do yeah, feel a little bit sorry for him, but it's one of those where you in a chain of command you've got to realise that not yeah. everybody does need to know everything. 
And you've also got to realise when you should be sharing things and when you shouldn't be. So, yeah, it's really good in terms of how they how they test them and how they develop them in this episode. It's a shame that Lavelle doesn't become a featured extra going forward. Like, we, we do this yeah. whole thing, who's going to get the ops position, and then it, this is the only time we see him. It's... Um, but, I mean, well, it's only like there was only another eight or nine episodes yeah. after this, so it'd have been nice to have had him there. But it would have been nice that. That if he'd had a couple of callbacks just as a yeah. sort of extra. I mean, we can headcanon it that he's probably doing the night shift, so we don't see yeah. him. But um, and it's there's a really nice ending to the episode where Worf. He's not invited, but but he kind of is, because you get the bartender who's like, yeah, well, go and sit with him. You were a well, friend. Well, Picard lets everyone know over the tannoy, doesn't he, that she yeah. died and she was an exemplary officer. Now, I, in a way, with Lavelle getting the promotion, I feel sorry for him here, because he must think, did I get the promotion because she was killed in yeah, duty? Because he knows that they're both up for the same... And he does express that, doesn't he? Like, he, yeah. he says... Uh, I think she'd have deserved it more. And his friends try and be supportive. Like, you know, you're a really good officer. And so, but yeah, that that would be kind of going through your head a little bit, wouldn't it? Like, yeah. I once went for a job and I was the only person who was interviewed. I don't know if I was just the only person interviewed that day. Um, so it was, it was a teaching job and I got it. But you think, Okay, but did I really get it? Because there was nobody oh, else. Oh, I am. Am I the only one who'll come here? <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it'd have been bad if I hadn't got it, if I'd have been the only one. But, <laughs> yeah, interesting. And, it, yeah, it's a nice ending to the episode with Worf going and sort of breaking down that barrier to the lower decks yeah. and showing his respects and everything. So, yeah. overall, well, really good episode. It was a goes, look, she she considered you a friend. You should join yeah. her friends. Yeah. She spoke highly of you. Yeah, and we see that in this episode. You know, we, we you have to assume that the bond they've got in this episode is not just confined to this episode. You know, Wolf's yeah. obviously known well, this person well, a while. Got, and... there's, there's got to be a reason why... She's been on the Enterprise for nine months. Yeah. She's working in security, so she's directly under Worf's command. Mm -hmm. And Worf has put her forward for a promotion, so he obviously knows her and thinks a lot about her. Yeah. Job-wise. And there's another tie-in to Lower Decks, the show. We've got a Bajoran security officer, so... Yeah. Maybe that little germ of an idea formed as well when they watched this, and, yeah, okay, that let's adapt that, and that becomes Shaxx at some point. But yeah, really, really, really strong episode, uh, especially yeah, like really. season seven's not always regarded that highly for TNG. I think there's a few good ones in it, but... I think there's some good episodes in season. Yeah. There's good episodes, to be fair, there's good episodes in every season. There of is, TNG. yeah, absolutely. And more good episodes than bad episodes in most seasons. Season one and yeah. two, it's a bit debatable, but, um, but yeah... I think it's because there's a couple of stinkers in season seven, like there's masks and there's um, emanations or whatever it's called. But but yeah, this is definitely 
for a show really late in its run, this is a really solid, solid episode. And I'm glad we, we got the chance to revisit this one. Yeah. But then... Yeah, and it, it made sense to revisit it yeah, as well it at some point with Lower Decks. Um, Wedge Dodge was just the perfect episode to pair it with. Absolutely. And next week, <coughs> then, we've got the finale, which I'm assuming is going to be the culmination of the Packled Arc. Well, like, do we think there'll be another Packled battle? And do we think um, the Sotos will end up in a star base again at the end, having another refit following the battle. Maybe, yeah. It so could that well we can be. update the animation again for season three. Or I'm wondering if, you know, if they're wanting to plant this bomb on Earth, maybe we're going to go back to Earth and it's going to be the Cerritos saving the day. Or maybe Riker will just swoop in again at the end and save everybody. <laughs> Who knows, but... Well, Freeman's got it in her head that she's the Packled... She's the Packled captain, yeah. So maybe this will be her time. Maybe maybe she'll finally prove herself, save the Earth from the Packleds and get either get the Cerritos reassigned to a more important duty or maybe she'll get a a bigger ship. I think she's happy on the Cerritos. I think she she is. I think she wants it to be a more important ship. yeah. We'll find out next week anyway. And yeah. I think if... I'm pretty sure there will be several Easter eggs for us to pick up, but if not, we should probably do the Pac-Led episode from TNG because we've we've not been there yet. I know. We keep avoiding it, don't we? We do. It is, a, it is quite funny. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and I think it'd be one of them. I think we'll appreciate it more now that we've had all this stuff with the packed leads and had a good yeah, laugh at them. Um, well, if there isn't like a sort of big glaring yeah, if there's Easter no... egg, do yeah. this episode. We'll do Let's the pack look at doing the packleds. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so in the meantime, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, we're on Twitter at RetrekPod. You can email us, RetrekPod at gmail.com, or you can come and join us on Facebook. Elliot's just put up a how-to video for your Voyager model, which... Yeah, I've uh, motorised in the cells. <laughs> yeah, which... <laughs> I mean... It looks impressive to me because I don't know that much about modelling, but from the responses you've had, I can see it's impressive to... Uh, my Facebook has blown up yeah. this afternoon since I posted it working. Yeah, it's a really good, <laughs> really good model. Uh, so... As far as I'm aware, I'm only the second person to motorise in the cells on, yeah. on it because like, there's only so much space to get a mechanism yeah. working. So if you're interested at all in building model starships, check out uh, Retrek Model Studios and the stuff Elliot's done on there. Cause it is, um, I mean, it is unbelievable work. Like you say, the size of that thing that you've done that with. But don't take my word for it. Go check it out. And thanks for trekking with us this time. And we'll see you next time on the Retrek. Thank you. Bye-bye.